Activia offers a range of yogurts which are a delicious way to look after your gut health. From the fruit range with carefully selected ingredients to no added sugar and 0% fat offering, as well as a cereals range, there's an Activia for everyone. Made with a unique blend of five ferments creating an irresistibly creamy texture, each pot of Activia is a source of calcium, making it the perfect addition to your daily routine. Activia helps support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry. Hello everyone and welcome to the launch of my brand new podcast, The Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry. It's fantastic for Workplace Wellbeing Day to be in Easton's on O'Connell Street. If you're listening or if you're watching it on Facebook Live, do come down and join us. We're streaming to Facebook Live all around the country on the independent.ie as well. Wow, it's so exciting to be here. Lots of planning, lots of work, and we're finally here for the launch. The Real Health Podcast, well, it's pretty simple. It's about real health, taking simple tips for people that will work. Every single week, we're going to be joined by a panel of guests. And my job is to get the very best out of them in terms of the tips, the tools, to improve your motivation and improve your health in the long term. And what an amazing day to launch, Workplace Wellbeing Day. Companies are all around Ireland are getting involved in some well-being. And we spend so much time at work, at your desk, at, you know, you're in that work environment. Why not make it a healthier place to be? So any tips from today, that's what we're going to basically chat about. I'm delighted to be joined in Easton's on O'Connell Street by my three wonderful guests, Baz Ashmawi, David Coleman, and Patricia Hyland. Thank you for coming along, guys. You're very pleasure. welcome. Pleasure. How are you feeling? You all okay? Oh, Am I yeah. the only one who's nervous? You're the only one who's nervous. Fantastic. <laughs> Brilliant. <That's a> lie. <laughs> so oh, listen, guys, not, we're going to basically just have a chat over the next 30 minutes or so in terms of health and workplace health. Baz, I know that you're self-employed like myself which provides an instability in terms of work. You don't know if stuff's coming in. You're you don't know feel very insecure now all of a sudden. <laughs> I was feeling good about myself. Yeah, I just suppose, yeah, when you're, you, when you're taking care of your own business, you have, to, uh, you have to take care of yourself. I think no matter what you do, you have to take care of yourself because it's connected, your, your mental health, your fitness, your happiness. It's all, it's all that pursuit of happiness and, and, and your health is a big part of that, you know? And I suppose being self-employed, you don't, you know, it's difficult because you don't know, for example, my, I don't know what's coming next month, the month after, you know, you're always kind of pushing forward, surrounding yourself with really kind of positive people to help you achieve those kind of goals. And health's been a big thing for you over the course of the last year or two. I've seen, you know, I follow you on Instagram, I see all the, the gym posts, yeah. you work out a lot and you find that really helps you. Yeah, I find I have to do it. As you get older, I, I think um, even with stresses and things like that, um, sometimes you have a bit of a grey cloud around you and maybe you go out and you do some exercise and it, it releases certain endorphins that, that make you feel better mm -hmm. you know, um, for your mental health as, as well as anything physical but, but I have a lot of kids who are, I think are trying to kill me so, um, <laughs> How many kids have you got by the way in total? We have six Whoa. Yeah, so They're kind of scattered around the house like flatmates who owe me money and, uh, <laughs> and, but to be on top of it and have energy and be the dad that I want to be or mm -hmm. the dad that I hope to be, um, health is, is important. So, okay. so for so you, it's not just you know, being healthy in I suppose, the workplace. And the workplace could be at home, it could be traveling, it could be in studio or in front of a camera, but it's also being healthy in the home environment. Absolutely. And you know, exercise is one of your, one of your key components for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And you're trying to pass that on as well. Your kids, they pick up on the way you are. So if you if you're kind of you to make healthy options or clean options you know they'll do the same you know they're, they're um 
they're sponges. They, 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 they pick up things very quickly and very easily, you know? Yeah, so you, you suppose whether, you know, if you're a manager in work, you're leading by example by being healthy yourself, you're getting your staff healthier because you're leading from the front. I suppose that's really important. Um, Patricia, tell us a little bit about what you do for Leia Healthcare. Well, uh, I'm director of well-being for Leia Healthcare and I'm also director of corporate sales. But okay. for the purpose of today, I'm delighted to be here and I'm delighted to be talking about well-being because well-being plays such a big role in my team. And I'm very blessed, actually, that I have a role that by delivering big well-being uh, proposals and delivering well-being on site in large organisations and small organisations as well, by the way, we get to impact on people's lives in such a positive way. And I have an incredible bunch of people and they are experts in their field that can contribute to that and design and deliver a program that really makes a difference. Okay, and, and today is the fourth workplace wellbeing day around the country. Um, I suppose for you guys, it's not just about putting programs in place. It's about researching, finding the stats, finding what you know the company needs, and applying that. And things yeah. that people, you know, companies all around Ireland can learn that they don't just implement a program. But do a little bit of research on your employees first, find out what they need, find out what the, I suppose, the health concerns are and the health issues are, and yeah. build your programs around that. And like, what kind of you know, stats have you found and research over the last couple of years? I think your, your point is so valid. You know, we talk about data, and data, may, it's a, just a very small word, but has huge implications for organizations. So what we do is we do research, and I'll give you some of those stats now, but we do research, and then we design programs uh, for, that meet the needs of employees in different, um, with different employers because you can go to an organization that has a cohort of people that may be in their early 30s will have very different needs to an organization that has an average age of maybe 40 or 45. Yep. We've seen the stats this week and we've released a lot of stats this week and we see that 80% uh, of the people that we researched last week and uh, over the last year as well. So 80% of the people that are struggling now on a day-to-day -day basis, be it with emotional well-being, okay. which is a huge issue for us, it really is, sleep is in there at the 80% level. Wow. So 80% of the people said to us that, you know, I'm not sleeping well. Mm -hmm. And then 18% of those 80 said that we're sleep, they were sleep deprived. Whoa. So that is definitely, and it's impacting on their mood and yep. their energy levels in work. So really serious issue. Okay, so in, within the group here, within our Facebook Live audience, literally four out of five people have sleep deprivation issues. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And that's why we have to bring wellness programs in to help those people with that sleep and mm -hmm. to maybe educate them around nutrition, yep. the value of exercise, the value of maybe, you know, uh, getting more organized. It's a very busy world we're living in today. It's bloody phones, I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm sure it's connected to phones, you know. Yeah, well, like David, in terms of, I suppose, let's start with sleep first of all. Myself and my good wife, we had a, a new uh, rule we implemented about five weeks ago. We started uh, sleeping without our phones. This is a big step forward for us. The phone stays out in the hall. We leave it there during the night, and we found our sleep patterns have massively improved just, in terms just of screen time. Just of you and your wife with the phones in the middle, going, yeah. oh. <laughs> "Night, night, sweetheart." They have their own little. They have their own little cradles in the bed and everything. But no, you know, I, in terms of work, I'm self-employed. I'm very driven. I, I like to just work as much as I can. And I found I was waking up during the night, checking my emails, checking, my, you know, checking my, my my Twitter feeds, whatever just to see, oh, have I missed something, have I missed whatever, and it was really interrupting my sleep patterns. So yeah. now they stay outside, we go to bed, I go to bed early because I'm up around five o'clock, so I go to bed around nine, I sleep for 10, I read, I read a book, um, and the phone stays outside. I can still hear it, so someone, people generally panic because it's like, oh, what if someone needs to ring me? Well, the reality is, if someone needs to ring you, the phone's in the hall, you'll still hear it, 
and five weeks in, we haven't had one missed phone call yet. Like, is that, a, you know, is that something people should do in terms of sleep and improving oh, their sleep? Without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, the encroachment of technology generally, I mean, there's lots of stuff about the, the blueness of the screen and how that interrupts your, your thinking and your, your brain. It's like a shot of vodka or something, isn't it? The equivalent. <laughs> well, I think it's, it, what it is, is, you know, the little red bing that appears, or the little red number that appears, it's, it's like an, a little addiction for us all. So we just want to check, just that could be the next thing, particularly when you're self-employed, it could be the next big thing. It could be something really important. But I think even in even in big you know corporations and, and organisations, I think there's sometimes this sense of being always on. Like I you know when I work with companies, it's a big deal in a lot of companies that they're expected to be available. So you know that email comes in, it's got to be responded to. There's a customer somewhere in America or in Asia or wherever. You know they're not in the same time zone, so stuff has to get done. And yeah. and I think when people embody that, then it really becomes hard to switch off. And of course, if we want to sleep well, we have to be able to both feel comfortable. So we've got to feel like yeah, the bed's just the right comfiness. It's just the right temperature I'm not wearing you know kind of too many layers in the bed and we've also then got to be able to still our minds a little bit and that's the bit that's really hard I think for most of us so we end up thinking things through we're, we're making lists for the next day we're yeah. just thinking oh I have to remember to do that I have to remember to do that so what we're better off doing is actually writing a little list write it down yeah. put it on the bedside table boom done and then when you wake up the next morning it's all there yeah, everything I, you have to do that's with a, it's a still simple there. tip that I find I would do myself now I have a, I'm into lists uh, my diary and my Sunday page is a list every day. Every night, a list of that I have to do. Close the diary, and it's gone. I and thought it's that about your books. Your books are full of them. Little checklists. Full of like lists. Checklists all over the place. Yeah, of course, because like <laughs> lists are very, very simple. Um, if you're joining us on Facebook Live or on Easton's here on O'Connell Street, you're at the launch of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry. Um, on Twitter, at CarlHenryPT with the hashtag RealHealthPodcast. You can ask us any questions you want for any of our, our studio guests. Uh, if you ask me questions, either in the audience or either on Facebook Live, you can win a copy of my brand new book. It's been in the bestsellers at number two for the last six weeks. One of my goals, David, you'll be glad to hear is to push that book to number one. We're eagerly trying. Uh, so we're giving away copies of the book for questions and stuff too. So on Twitter, at CarlHenryPT and hashtag um, the real health and in Easton's on O'Connell Street. Pop your hand up, Dara's in the audience. He'll uh, he'll get around to you and he'll pass the questions up. Patricia, what else have you found in your in your in your research? I'm fascinated by that, and I think it's a really important tool that maybe companies tend to miss that they might be ticking a box for CSO or for wellness. Oh, we'll just do whatever for the sake of it. I think people listening in, you know, and viewing uh, today on Facebook will we'll be seeing that. Oh, we do, you know, we do a catch of 5K because it's just what we do. But actually, we've no research behind why we should do it. So, what other stats have you found? Well, I think another, I, and I'm just picking some of the really uh, significant stats for me today. We, I, we, the people that we surveyed also said 53% of them were suffering uh, most days and uh, from anxiety and anxiety being brought on with you know just nervousness overwhelming you know feeling uh, the feeling of being overwhelmed we have extremely extremely busy lives and you know for us to help people with that level of anxiety it's about helping them sort things we call we, and we talk about mindfulness you know and i am always saying to people that's because your mind is full you know, we need to really give people the tools and techniques, you know, to build their own resilience, yeah. giving them hints and tips on how to deal with the everyday burden. Okay. You know, commuting in the city or commuting into the city is a nightmare for people. And, you know, to use that time to an effective use rather than getting, you know, really mm -hmm. anxious about I'm going to be late, I'm going to be late because I'm hitting, you know, a, a backlog of traffic. Okay, so 53% yeah. are suffering with anxiety. Again, if you look around you in our, in our audience here, that's one in two. If you're, you you know, sitting at your desk or watching on your phone, look around you, that's one in two people suffer from that. So David, I'm gonna pull it back to you. Yep. Simple tips, let's make it really easy in terms of what can people do very, very quickly that will improve 
their and reduce their stress levels and reduce their anxiety. Yeah, so you're looking at, in terms of stress, you know, we all need a bit of stress. <coughs> me, it's, it's a useful thing to have. We yeah. need some kind of stimulus usually to get us up, get us going, increase our awareness and so on. But we have to find that sweet spot. So as our stress levels go up, our performance goes up. When our stress levels goes past a certain point, our performance is going to go down. And so we have to find for ourselves what that sweet spot okay, is. So there's an optimal kind of sweet spot, which is yeah. pretty much where I am at and around now. I'm very stressed. <laughs> I'm very nervous. And yet I find it really drives me to be, you know, to present yeah. and to be more open. That's for me is a really good thing. If I didn't get it, my performance would drop exactly but here's the interesting thing that level might suit you and might help you perform really well it might overwhelm me or might overwhelm i'm pointing at baz saying me. that's odd that's just odd but anyway it might overwhelm baz as well i don't know i doubt it somehow he probably he probably needs the same level of stress just to get out of bed <laughs> but so there is an optimum level so yeah. don't fear stress stress can be actually quite healthy you can yeah. ex you can excel with it you can you know i'm sure the irish rugby team or whatever they're stressed out before yeah. a big game but it it, it it pushes them to be even better during the yeah. match. If people are finding they're overwhelmed by it, like 53% yeah. of our audience are, of the audience are, how can they combat that? What's so, the easiest way so, to get around it? So there's it? three different things you need to think about. You need to think about what you're actually doing. So yeah. that might mean changing some of your physical things, like A, trying to improve your sleep, maybe changing your eating patterns, uh, looking at um, eating, sleeping, and uh, what's the last one? There's three good healthy things. Fitness, thank you. Exercise, yeah. the real help. Podcast. Eating, sleeping, That'd and be, movement. Yeah, the key, the key kind of three. So that, that'll help your, your just your physical symptoms of stress. So that helps with your heart. It helps with your just okay. general sense of physical wellness. Yeah. You might have to change your thinking style. So lots of us fall into these habits where we're either, we've got these very perfectionistic uh, thinking styles. You know, it has to be such and such a way, high standards for ourselves. We might have this all or nothing thinking. So mm -hmm. it's got to be everything or nothing. Yep. Um, or we might find that we uh, just put ourselves down a lot. So if we can change our thinking, move that into a more positive state where we're okay. actually looking at, um, you know, kind of what's going well in our lives as opposed to always being caught up with what's not working well, that's going to help. Um, and then the last bit in terms of our kind of emotional selves, sometimes, I mean, I'm a big fan of, you know, a problem sharing is a problem halved and mm -hmm. sometimes when we feel overloaded with stuff it's because we were actually overloaded so if we can share that if we can pass that on to somebody else to help carry that load yep. that's a really good thing to do okay so um, a big thing for me is about people and surrounding myself with a really positive network to help me kind of move forward and we're all working in the same direction and I suppose with our clients we would say the same that if you want to be fit and healthy surround yourself with healthy people if you want to be positive surround yourself with optimists you know, is, yeah. is, that a, is that an easy way to do it from your Absolutely. own perspective? Absolutely. And, and even when it comes to anxiety, what you find sometimes is that, you know, if there's a culture of kind of high stress in an organization, that will filter down through to everybody. Okay. It's the same within a small family unit. You know, if you've got parents who are under a lot of pressure, you can be almost sure that their kids are going to feel that stress and probably act in anxious ways. Okay. And so, so leading from the front is crucial. Absolutely. Whether so it's your family right. health or yeah. business health. So if you can surround yourself with these positive people, you know, people who are actually going to lift you up as opposed to put you down, that's always going to work in your favor. Okay, so movement, food, yep. and positivity, surrounding yourself with a really positive network. They're kind of simple tools people can yeah. take away on Facebook or in the audience in, in the group. Baz, um, I want to talk to you for a minute about, I suppose, overcoming obstacles, about staying on track, about staying focused, and about, I suppose, you know, building yourself up from tough times to an Emmy-winning show and how that happens and what you went through to, to kind of make that happen. So in terms of, I suppose, from your own perspective, what did you find worked for you in terms of getting towards that kind of emmy the Emmy winning show? It's a good question. Uh, I think it's uh, failing is usually the best start, you know? Um, I think it's the same with the fitness thing is um, sometimes, uh, like um, David said there, about uh, setting very high standards for yourself. But I learned more failing at stuff than I ever learned from succeeding at anything. So, um, 
and I, I think even with, say, for example, with something like giving up cigarettes, if you've tried 20 times to give up cigarettes and every time you fail, you start to believe that that's who you are. I'm the guy that I've tried so many times to give up cigarettes and I just can't. So you can talk yourself in and out of anything. So if you get to a stage where you just get really annoyed or really angry or just passionate and you just think, I've had enough, new day, new me, and today I'm going to do this. And whatever that goal is, whether it's your fitness or your work or your mental health or whatever it is, you, you can completely change who you are. You only have to compete with who you were yesterday. You don't have to worry or compete yourself or compare yourself to anyone else. And for me, that's kind of what I did. I just I kind of sat one day and made a decision, right, this is what I need to do to be happy. And it's those things that are like, I think people forget sometimes. They think, um, they think happiness is somewhere wedged with money or something like mm -hmm. that. And anyone who's, I've had money, lost money, and had money again. And at no stage was money anything to do with happiness. So, <laughs> but your health and how you are with your family and how you feel and your mental health, uh, th those things, those things are, are happiness and can you I need to be aware of that, you know. Can I just add in about yeah. failure? You know, failure is, uh, you're dead right, absolutely helpful for us as long as we're reviewing it properly. That's the key. So when we look back at the mistakes we've made, where things haven't worked out in our favour, it's important that we review them with a view to building forward as opposed to just knocking ourselves down and criticising ourselves. And so again, it comes back to some of, sometimes our own attitudes. So if we can look back on those and say, okay, that didn't work, why didn't that work? Okay, so this is what I need to do differently, then failures are really good, helpful too. And you need, you need a level of accountability as well. Like, like I'm... My thing is I love to blame everyone else for things that go wrong <laughs> in my life. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, oh, why'd you buy that food? Now I'm going to eat it and then you eat it. And, you know, things like that where you just, you need to be responsible for yourself. You need to look in the mirror and, and, and be strong. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think by succeeding, whether it's your, your health or your fitness or your job or whatever, succeeding at certain things gives you confidence. Yeah. Like the first day of getting deciding to become fit is horrific but a month into it you, it's, you can't imagine doing anything else it's like giving up sugar the first few days of not eating sugar are horrific and then after that you feel so much better like getting healthy is one of the best things you can do for everything for your mental have, health have for your well-being for your confidence for every every aspect of your life have it you ever, just have be you ever been trained by carl it lasts much longer than one day can <laughs> yeah I just say? the pain lasts for quite a while before the good times yeah, come yeah, in yeah the doms <laughs> the carl doms <laughs> would it be now. fair to say that honest reflection is probably the key tip or key takeaway that you would give to people in terms of not just health, but in terms of goal setting, in terms of success, that sitting down with a pen and paper and reflect honestly on the fact that why am I here? Yeah. What have I done to get me here? Uh, where do I want to go in terms of goals, in you terms need, of targets? You need, you need a map, don't you? you know? And you know, a benchmark around that. I think your accountability is a really good one. So we would say to our own clients, you know, measure something and account to that. Thank you very much. Recount that over the course of, you know, on a weekly basis or bi-weekly, you check back in, review what has worked, what hasn't worked, and those small kind of stepping stones, because every journey, whether it's fitness, whether it's, you know, a TV show, whether it's getting your company healthier, starts with analysis and stepping stones from there. So you just build it up. But you've got to start with the analysis. You've got to be the honest reflection, whether it's in measuring your, your employees' health and well-being, whether it's on a personal level. I do it every Christmas. We go away f uh, in December, work together. It's really quiet, for, funnily enough, in around Christmas. People don't want to know about Lucky health. you. <laughs> so we travel for a little bit. And I spend the first three or four days unwinding, and then I spend two days working. And it's literally big, big, a huge, big moleskin thing. I love kind of doodling. 
And it's reflecting on, right, where has this year got me? Have I achieved the things I set out to achieve? Yes or no. If I haven't, why? I'm working them back. And my, my, you know, I'm old school. I have an old school diary. It's an A4 diary. And on the front page every single uh, year, I have my top three business goals and my top three personal goals. Wow. So every day I get up, I get up early. I look at my diary. I'll see, okay, I'm going to work. I've got 13 clients in a row, but this is the reason. This is the goal. Or I'm working on a book or I'm working on a podcast or whatever it may be. But it just gives me direction. Every, even when you want to steer off course and, you know, oh, I don't want to do it today. I've had a really busy day and I don't want to train. Oh, but I have a race in August. I have to train because that's the accountability component yeah. of it. So it's reflection and, and accountability. I really. think as well you were saying about, and it is great if you, can, if you can get healthy with a group of people. But to a certain extent, you need to kind of look in the mirror and make your own decision that regardless of what's going on outside of your world, you're going to do this. You're going to do it yourself. So... We, you have to have a starting point. So, like, you walk in here, you buy your book, for example. I'm not doing a blatant <laughs> plug, but thanks, Bass. But, but you, 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 <laughs> you start somewhere and you say, right, this is my decision. I'm going to find some healthy habits. I'm going to, I'm going to begin. And you have to be stubborn and not scared to, to, not scared to fail. Everyone fails at things. It's just getting up and starting and continuing and and not just packing it in at the at the first kind of mistake you make. You know. I, I think the other key thing that that you do, you know, you just described there is you write down your goals and they're visible to you. And so there is a saying, you know, your goals are only goals when they're written down. Otherwise, they're just aspirations. And we never really attain them. We don't we don't reach for them if they're not visible to us. So actually, writing them down, making them visible every single day, you're dead right, is the way to make them more likely to happen. So if you're in the audience here on Easton's O'Connell Street, when you leave and you go back to your desk, write down your three top goals for maybe not the weekend, maybe for health over the coming month, over the coming weeks. Same with our Facebook Live audience. Get a pen in hand, write them down. Top three, make them happen, make it visible, and you can see it. We've lots of questions coming in. I'm going to get to these now. Uh, Dave, I'm going to direct this one towards you. Uh, from Yvonne on Facebook, my neurologist told me no phones, etc., in the bedroom, and to read a book before his sleep to improve my sleep patterns, but it hasn't worked so far. Any tips? Yeah, so the other thing then might be just to look at other things that are going on in your life that might actually be just keeping your brain whirring over, ticking over. So it might be that there's other stuff, uh, whether it's to do with relationships, with family, uh, with work, that might actually still be intruding. So even if it just goes beyond the phone. And so that might come back to what we talked about earlier, this idea that if, if there is stuff there, try and write it down so that it's, you know it's waiting for you in the morning, then you don't have to keep you know, ruminating over it. I think that's what happens to us at night and we ruminate. It goes over and over and over again. The same thought many, many times and it interrupts the sleep. So I think if you can maybe write some of that stuff down so it's ready and waiting for you the next morning, that might help. And also maybe plan out your morning. So some people rush in the morning. It's a rush to get the shower, the clothes. Yeah. Oh, I'm missing this and I'm missing that. Before you've left the house, you're in a yeah. tiz. And it's, you're chasing your tail from there that you plan for success, map out your clothes, map out your schedule. And maybe if you find that you are stressing the way into work, Maybe allow a little bit of time for exercise on the way in. You know, go off the bus one stop earlier and make exercise part of your day. And a workplace well-being day, that's an easy way to do it. Use the stairs. Don't use the lifts. Some companies we work, we shut the lifts down and it annoys people for about a week. And then all of a sudden it's a habit and it becomes a healthy habit. So we have more questions coming. I'll, I'll take this one myself. From Nancy, um, Hope, what is your advice for avoiding feeders in the workplace? Ooh, okay, well, the simplest way to do that is lots of giggles in Easton's O'Connell Street with that one. So there's <laughs> lots of feeders in the workplace, obviously. Um, the easiest way to get around that is... You've got your targets, you've got your goals, you've got what you, something you want to aim towards uh, in your workplace, try and sit with the people maybe who aren't feeders, who eat the healthier lunch, who go for a run at lunchtime. Associate with those kind of people. Uh, for example, when I started years ago, 5K was a big deal, so I ran with people who could, train, who could run 5Ks. Then I got into marathons, I surrounded myself with people who are sub-four marathon runners, that was my target, it took me four marathons, you talk about failure, it took me four marathons to break the four-hour barrier. 
then I went to 339, very important, because I ran with people who set those kind of times, and my fitness improved, my health improved, because I associated it with people who were doing what I wanted to do. So I would say just you know, surround yourself with people who eat healthier, and that's a really, really, really simple one. Um, Patricia, I'm going to come back to you for a sec. Um, one of the big issues, I think, a lot of companies in Ireland think, oh, I'm too small. I haven't got the budget. It's too difficult. We only have 10 staff. Sure, what's the point? You know, what could they do in terms of you know, workplace well-being to improve it? What are the easiest ways forward? If I was asking you maybe for your top three or four tips about going forward for them, for every company, but particularly the small companies, yeah. I think they maybe struggle the most because of the fact that they mightn't have you know, a HR manager. Or it's just like in our own gym, there's seven or eight of us in there. It's just we all work together and sometimes yeah. you lose track. So what are the simplest tips you can give? I think if you're a small to medium enterprise business, uh, I think you should listen to the people that are working with you in the first place. Um, people go to work and spend a lot of time at work and they really want to know that you, you are interested in them. Because I think the day is gone where we can leave half ourselves somewhere else and not bring it to work. And I saw another piece of research, I'm like the research queen here today, but a piece of research this week where IBEC released and it states that 66% of people will stay longer if a company care about them. And 50% of the team will leave. So, you know, if you're a small company, you know, pay attention to the people. It's very easy um, to sit and form a group. Get a working group that have uh, similar interests and we want to be healthy. Yeah. We want to improve our life. So ask them what it is they want to do. You, and the only thing is, I would say is, and you mentioned it earlier, we call it the data. You talk about evidence. You know, use the pieces of the, of the um, plan that will affect those people. Look at the demographics of your small group. It might be 10 people, but it could be parenting that is a big issue. It could be sleep that's a big issue. We have the issue when we have you know, caring for older parents as well and the challenges around that. So you may have to look at flexibility in the workplace, flexible working hours, not being stuck in traffic. There are hundreds of things you can do to have a healthier workplace and you really get better engagement. People that are happy in work, well, you'll end up with happier customers. That's it. Can David? I just add to that as well? You know, I think sometimes we're reluctant to encourage people to tell us what's going wrong yeah. because we don't like to kind of bring the tone down and get lots of people moaning and, and yet th there's another expression that I love which is you know it's not until the bad feelings come out that the good feelings can get in so I think sometimes it really helps to have a forum where we can air this stuff not just to you know create a lot of moaning and groaning but actually to allow us to hear what those problems are and I think the other thing that we, we sometimes um, don't take enough heed of is, is that you know a problem shared is a problem halved I think I mentioned that earlier and so if it's the case that somebody just listens to the issue even if the issue isn't solvable people are going to feel an awful lot better so if you're a manager people are going to feel an awful lot better if they know that you actually get what the issue is even if it's not within your realm to fix it or you can't solve it because you know there isn't finance there to do it or it's just not within the company policy or culture but even if you at least are listening to what those issues are I think it really does help people no, and it really does okay so I think if I'm going to summarize it then for people you know in, in the audience or people watching on, online it's the fact that you know, from chatting to the three of you, and we've got very different broad components of business here. That's why we chose the panel as we did. It's start with some honest reflection, yeah. sit down, pen and paper, what's worked, what hasn't worked, what do we want to achieve as a company, big or small, we want to get healthier. That's step one. Mm -hmm. Then B, find out what your, from there, find out what your staff maybe would like, find, do your research, find out what they want and build a program around that. And then three is to consistently measure, consistently come back to it. 
have that accountability component. We did a 5K in work. How many did we run our 5K? Yes, we did. Brilliant. And the, the, the pat on the back or the reward component of it is absolutely crucial as well, which is we've done well. Yes. And being able to say that as a company to your staff, it's a huge thing, no matter what kind of size the, size the company is. So, folks, um, thank you so much, everyone, for Easton's on O'Connell Street for coming along. This is the launch of the Real Health Podcast. If you have a phone out, there's John. Hey, John, who are you? If you have a phone out, you can take out your phone, go on to the Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud on uh, your Android. Look for uh, the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry. I'm delighted to say I woke up this morning slightly nervous, slightly apprehensive coming into Easton's O'Connell Street today. This is not something I do on a normal, uh, normal basis, but fronting a show like this. I woke up, I checked the charts just for, just for the crack, as you do. And uh, we were the number one uh, health podcast in Ireland straight away off the bat of just announcing the show yesterday. And number four Woo! in the overall podcast <laughs> in Ireland. Stephen Fry was number one. I saw my name up beside him. I was uh, quite shocked <laughs> at myself. I won't lie. I was, I was secretly very happy. Um, for all the questions coming in, keep them coming, even in between the podcast. The podcasts are going to be every single week. We'll be releasing them online, I think, every Friday. And they will come straight through your phone or they'll live online. Keep questions coming in. The hashtag is the Real Health Podcast. Just pop that hashtag on it. We'll write the questions down and we'll get to them every single week. We'll, we will be giving copies of my Healthy Living Handbook away to those questions when they come in. And to also some of the, uh, the, uh, the people who turned along in Easton's on O'Connell Street today for the launch. If you're on Facebook Live, I hope you enjoyed it. We've lot, had lots of questions coming in for us. I've only got to literally a few of them because the time has absolutely flown by. Uh, do subscribe to the podcast. Do check us out every single week and have an absolutely amazing workplace well-being day. Remember, write down those tips, write down those tools, work forward, and, uh, and, and accountability is really, really important. To my guests, my very first podcast, thank you so much. Everyone in the audience, thank you very much. And to everybody on Facebook Live, have a wonderful day. Thank you. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of The Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry.